So I'm Debbie Anderson, part of the teaching team, and I'm so excited to continue this speaking today on the kingdom. And today the kingdom is delayed. So, so far we've looked at scripture on the kingdom will come, the kingdom has come, and it's coming immediately, and now today the kingdom is delayed. What do we do when our prayers aren't answered? Or a healing does not occur? Or what do we do when we experience what I call a disappointment with God? Or don't hear his voice on a matter? We will look today at why the kingdom of God is delayed. Let's pray. Father, I invite you to reveal yourself to us today. Jesus, we can never thank you enough for the sacrifice of the cross. And Holy Spirit, open our eyes to see your work in us and through us. We love you, Lord. Come, show us more of your ever-present love and teach us how to wait on you in faith. Amen. So we're going to begin with some declarations. A declaration are words of truth in keeping with God's word that keep us focused and on the right path. It's a wonderful way to remember things we should or fight off discouragement. So I like to sometimes take a declaration, write it on a post-it note, and put it on the bathroom mirror, on the rearview mirror of the car, on the microwave or whatever. So declaration number one, and I'll say it and then I'll ask you to say it after me, is I am loved by God. So please say this after me. I am loved by God. Okay, I, I almost heard you. What did you say? Let's say it again. I am loved by God. I am loved by God. Much better. Thank you. Okay, declaration number two adds one word. And this word is very important. How well are you loved by God? Are you loved some of the time, most of the time, a part of the time? Or are you loved a lot of the time? And how, what is the quality of this love? What is the quality of God's love toward you? Is it okay? Is it average? Is it above average? Or is it excellent? What kind of character does God have? He has excellent character. How does he do things? He does things excellently. So when we add this other word, we're declaring that God loves us excellently, okay? So anyway, declaration number two is, I am well-loved by God. Okay, see, please say this after me. I am well-loved by God. Okay, I heard you, but I want heaven to hear you. I want Oxford to hear you. So let's say this one more time. I am well-loved by God. Oh, that's wonderful. Now, if you can believe those words on your best day, and you can believe those words on your worst day, you will do well. So today there's going to be a test at the end of my speaking. I used to be a teacher. <laughs> so there's one question, and it's pass or fail, but don't sweat it. I'm going to give you the answer 
before I give you the question. How's that for being a great teacher? <laughs> so the answer to today's question is trust. You can write that down if you're taking notes, or you can pull some money out of your pocket, because it says, in God we trust on American money since the Civil War. So any, what is the question? You might want to know, what is the question? What keeps us faithful in seasons of waiting? The answer is trust. Trust in the Lord. Not trust in culture, not trust in our emotions, or not trust on whether the sun is shining or not. Trust in the Lord keeps us in faith when the kingdom of God seems delayed. And this is not mistrust, such as we are meagerly loved by a miserly God, but trust that we are consistently, purposefully, intentionally well-loved in great detail by a living, loving God. He knows the numbers of hairs on our head. You ever think about that? That changes by the moment for some of us. <laughs> and he knows the longing of our hearts that we've maybe not spoken to anyone. He knows what makes us smile. He is the true Father. So I invite you to settle it today. Are you well-loved by God or not? And if you are convinced that you are well-loved by God at all times, how will that change your life? The Lord has a long list of names that he wants to relate to us to show us his love for us. Jehovah Ra, the Lord is my shepherd or caregiver. Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is my banner. He shows us where to gather around and regroup when we've messed up and we have to have a new plan. El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one, he goes before us and provides for our needs even before we know we have them. El Roy, the God who sees, and he not only sees with compassion, but he's moved with compassion on our behalf. So there are so many more names of God. So trust or confident belief in God is what kept Daniel and his friends faithful as they faced the lion's den. Trust or confident belief in God is what kept Mary, the mother of Jesus, going through all that she faced. Trust, or confident belief in God, is what kept the disciples faithful as they faced persecution and death. You know what? They all believed they were well loved by God. Trust is what Adam and Eve lacked when they doubted God's goodness and ate fruit of the forbidden tree. So trust, or confident belief in God is what will take us where we need to go throughout life. Now we're going to visit the Lord's Prayer. I love this prayer. There's so much packed in so few verses. Someone asked Jesus a question about prayer and he's so practical. What does he do? He prays. He offers a sample prayer, if you will. So we're going to read the whole prayer together even though we're focusing on just one verse. So let's read the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread 
and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So what about the kingdom? Well, you read it right here. We are asked to pray for the kingdom to come. It's on our to-do list. Maybe you didn't know it was there. But we are shown by example to pray in strong command language. It doesn't say if it's your will or if you please. Jesus demonstrated commanding and declaring words that the kingdom will come and for God's will to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Now, I don't know about you, but I've never been to heaven. Perhaps that's true for you, too. But let's answer these two questions. How do I bring the will of Father God from heaven to earth? And what if I pray and nothing happens? So again, our part is to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. We're not responsible for the outcome, but we are called to pray. I heard that Ruth Graham wondered if there were any regrets at the end of life that maybe possibly made their way to heaven. She suggested it was only the prayers that we did not pray. We have not because we ask not. So I would like for us, including myself, to get used to praying daring prayers for our family, for our work, for our neighbors, for the person at the grocery store, for all of Oxford, for the nation and the world. The power of darkness needs our prayers, and they need to be pushed back and replaced with the kingdom of God. There is ground yet to be taken and for us to claim as ambassadors of God. So do you see the beauty of this? Do you see that God involves us in building the kingdom? It's almost like he provides all the supplies and he's handing the bricks to us. And he's saying, will you build the kingdom of God on this earth brick by brick? He has planned for us to partner with him as his special workforce. But you say, does he know we're imperfect? Does he know we've blown it at times? Does he know we'll blow it in the future? Does he know we have bad breath or a zit or dandruff or crooked teeth? Yes, 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 and yes. Does he know we have fears and anxieties? Yes, and yes. Does he know we have some inexperience in spiritual things? Yes, but none of this stops him. He has chosen each one of us you and me by name to partner with him to bring his kingdom to earth. The dash of your life is meant to bring his beautiful kingdom to this world. The world desperately needs his love, his light, and it needs a compass. The world is lost. You can see how confused people are in the news and everywhere. And perhaps the world is lost more now than ever. But what is the dash? You may have heard of this before. The dash is your life. On a gravestone, there's two dates, the day of birth and the day of death. But what lies between the two dates? It's a dash. A dash represents your life, your days, the days that you live and walk and breathe on this earth. 
What is the purpose for your dash? It's to bring the kingdom. We are called to bring it into being, to speak it, to declare it, to move mountains for it to happen. Okay, that's our part, but what if the will of the Father God seems delayed? What about those unanswered prayers or healings that didn't happen? What about my father dying when I was a baby or my niece having brain cancer and dying at 19? Or a miscarriage or this or that? The reality is we live in a fallen world. The reality is that God made a way to restore us to him through Jesus. And the reality is grief is hard to handle because we were not hardwired for it. It was not part of the original plan. So there's tension living in the now and not yet. We live with tension in our everyday lives. There's only so much time. I don't know about if time's a challenge for you as it is for me. But there's meals, there's laundry, there's bills, there's calls, there's exercise, there's appointments, there's repairs, there's problems to solve, family, maintenance, and much more. If you're anything like me, your to-do list flows from one day to the next. <laughs> so anyway, there's, that's tension on a practical level. But then there's tension in the kingdom of God. We live in the tension of God is good. God is for me. He's not against me. God loves me. God delights in me. He provides for me. And yet, we may wait to receive answered prayer. The kingdom, at times, seems delayed. In the Old Testament, Baron Hannah waited many years and endured shame and suffering and disappointment before she gave birth to her son, Samuel. Jacob worked for seven years and then seven more years to marry Rachel, the bride of his choice. There was a woman with a chronic flow of blood for 12 years who could not be healed by anyone until she encountered Jesus. Waiting is hard, don't you agree? Even waiting for the light to turn green on the corner of <laughs> Patterson <laughs> and 73. My husband and his friends say, just mail my Christmas presents there because I'll still be there <laughs> by then. <clears throat> So anyway, we wait for our first driver's license, for graduation, for Mr. Wright or Mrs. Wright to enter our lives. We wait for the delivery truck to bring our package or the sun to shine or a baby to be born. I waited 14 years to get married. I waited for 12 weeks to get off of bed rest with the pregnancy. I waited for seven weeks to get a pick line out, in my, out of my arm after a hospitalization. How well do we wait? Well, we can wait well, or we can um, have a fail. We can wait passively, or we can wait actively. We can be a couch potato in our faith and just wait it out until the end, or we can change the world. We can change the world with our prayers and our steps of faith. Don't be a couch potato. It's pretty boring after a while, I'm sure. But be a world changer. So we live in this tension of being stretched. Stretched to believe in the Lord and wait on him. And as we are stretched, let's choose to grow in him. So what is it with the kingdom being delayed? 
we have this underlying question that we're almost afraid to speak. Is God flawed? Does he intentionally withhold from us? Is he somehow uncaring or uninvolved? No, no, and no. We know in our heart of faith that God is generous in all his ways. He's caring, and he gave us the very best gift of Jesus. So what, what more could we ask for? And as Josh said last week, his only limit that he has given himself was giving us free will. And then if God is not flawed, is the problem with us? Are we flawed? Well, we know ourselves. <laughs> but the scripture says that we do have a handicap, in a sense, that we can only see in the mirror dimly. That's with our flesh on, and that's what we're all made of. So we have some natural limitations, our growth opportunities, but let's not use human limitations to excuse us to not be a kingdom builder. So there's reasons the kingdom appears delayed. His ways are higher than our ways. <clears throat> Simply sometimes, we are not in the know of a higher purpose for a perceived delay of his will. Sometimes, we've got it wrong, and God has another plan in store for us. Um, there's examples everywhere, but there have been two women who believed it was God's will to marry the same man, and the man didn't marry either of them. See, sometimes we see in a mirror dimly. To learn how to hear God's voice and to follow that takes time. And God's patient with us. That's all he's got for us. So we want his heavenly perspective, knowing there's great purpose in his ways. There's no shame in our inexperience. Okay, and sometimes there's a spiritual battle. Sometimes that battle is going on in order for God to carry out his will. We look at Daniel, and he prayed and fasted for 21 days. Then the angel appeared and told Daniel that he'd been battling in the spirit for those 21 days. God had heard. God had answered on day one. But it took Daniel to wait for day 21 for the answer to come. So consider as you pray as you're moving and building his kingdom, that spiritual battle delays answer to prayer and pray accordingly. Other times we need to press in to his will through prayer or declarations or fasting and not give up on hope. Sometimes we need to put skin in the game. The Israelites had the promised land. They had just one little assignment, take care of the giants. The healed man was able, was able to stand, but Jesus said, take up your pallet and walk. The leper was to wash himself in the river seven times. Sometimes we need to put skin in the game. I encouraged a friend to pursue the desire of her heart, which was adoption. Next, I found myself fasting a, a meal a week for six years, and the prayer was answered. If your prayers aren't answered and you believe them to be of God, press in. So, and then there's prayers that will not be answered in our lifetime. It doesn't mean that our investment is not good. 
there will be prayers that answer us and follow us to heaven, especially prayers that involve people, <laughs> which is most of them. And it can take patience because God has chosen to give free will to each of us. So prayers that involve the will of a person may mean those people have to agree with heaven. And it might take a lot of con Holy Spirit convincing for that to happen. Be patient in prayer, but be filled with faith for his kingdom to be established. Again, I love Josh's testimony last week of God sovereignly calling him from darkness to light. Okay, and also God wants all to hear the gospel and be a part of his kingdom. In Matthew 13, there's a parable of the wheat and the seeds. A farmer planted wheat in his field, but an enemy secretly planted weeds. After growth occurred, it was evident what was happening. The workers asked the owner, should we pull the weeds? And the owner said, no, you might uproot a grain of wheat. Let the field grow and let the reapers gather the weeds first to be burned but gather the wheat into my barn. God is so concerned that anyone possible, that all come into the fold, that he's willing to wait while darkness increases. So we need to link arms with him in loving others into the kingdom. So in review, reasons that the kingdom is delayed, his ways are higher than our ways. Sometimes there's a spiritual battle. We need to press into his will. There are prayers that are not answered in our lifetime. And God wants all to hear the gospel and to be part of his kingdom. What's an example of living in the now and not yet? Daniel and his friends, as you know, were sentenced to the fiery furnace by King Nebuchadnezzar for not worshiping an idol. What was their confession to the king out of Daniel 3? Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods and worship the golden image that you have set up. Where was Daniel's confidence? It was trust. Trust in God who had been faithful to them. And they chose to trust God, not culture, not Nebuchadnezzar. They had an unshakable peace. They were not their own. They were God's ambassador. And as you know, they were spared. And they were spared excellently. They were wonderfully loved. Not even a singe mark on their clothing or the smell of fire on them. That is waiting on God, growing on him as you wait, and being bold for the kingdom. So what does that teach us? They were comfortable with tension. The tension between the kingdom of God is here and rescues you and the kingdom of God is delayed, where they would have been consumed by flames, yet still entered his joy. We live in a state of tension, the state of being stretched tight. 
So let us live in a tension that has confidence in God, that has confidence in the kingdom, and leaves the results to him. He is faithful, period. Lastly, I want to show you something. You might wonder what's in this bag. It's not my lunch. <laughs> Unless I like to eat paper. <laughs> okay, these are two stacks of letters. And they look old, and they are. And they are all dated 1945. Some are addressed to Jean Claire. And the other set is addressed to Master Sergeant Robert Platter. These letters belong to my parents. What is the theme of these letters? Well, you might guess it. Love. They were wartime sweethearts. And why did they write each other? Trust. And to love each other well in the waiting. They had confident belief in the love of the other. And they kept faithfulness to each other, and they kept looking forward to their wedding day, which was not yet. This was the now, and their wedding day was not yet. And their love grew in spite of an environment of living in a world war. So the Lord has written love letters to you and me. It's his word. His word is to keep us until the day of the Lord. He will encourage you and strengthen you. He will be faithful to you until his coming day. Are there similarities between this and our current situation? Well, I would say yes. Are we in a wartime? There is always spiritual battle, if not for physical battle. And there's always chaos. So is there a kingdom here? Yes, and it's also promised to come. Has the wedding taken place yet? No, but it's coming. It's coming. Is waiting easy? No. <laughs> Not even a green light on Patterson. <laughs> but God gives us the ability to wait and to be faithful until the coming day of the Lord. So I want to be clear, we are called to pray for and bring the kingdom of God to earth by doing the, we the works of Jesus. That is our kingdom story. We are to honor and to trust him with our whole hearts, but leave results to him. And we are to wait without wasting time. We're to wait proactively making the most of time, positioning ourselves in a place of faith, prepared for his coming with oil in our lamps and loving and longing for the appearing of the bridegroom and for, to bring the kingdom wherever we are. Okay, here's the test question. <laughs> what keeps us faithful in seasons of waiting? Trust. Simply trust. Trust is the result of knowing we are well-loved by God. Whether the sun is shining, whether our hearts are aching, or regardless of any circumstance, he is worthy. So let's pray, and worship team, come on up.
I can't wait to worship. Lord, we thank you for calling each of us to a life of love and that a declaration that we are well loved by you. We thank you that you are trustworthy. Thank you for choosing us as human as we are to partner with you. And you do not despise anything about us. Help us to grow in faith and character as we wait on you. Help us to pray bold prayers as we build your kingdom brick by brick. Speak to our hearts today as we worship you. We love you and declare a need for you. In Jesus' name. <laughs>